The Courageous Coaching Podcast is hosted by Sophia Antoine, a certified life coach supporting women in their efforts to improve their self-esteem. Today, we're talking about life, relationships, and everything in between. Take it away, Sophia. Welcome to another episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. My name is Sophia Antona, and I'm your certified life and relationship coach. Today, I have the wonderful, the diabetes tamer, Trinette Sanford with us, and she's going to tell us about diabetes. And um, it's something that's plaguing our communities, whether no matter what your race or nationality, I've seen so many people with diabetes. So Trinette, I'm so glad you're here with us today. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and let's get this interview going. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sophia. I am so glad to be here. It is an honor to be with you. And I'm so grateful that you're sharing your platform with me. And like, uh, like Sophia said, my name is Trinette Stanford, and I am a certified diabetes educator, been an educator for over 20 years. Also, I'm a certified nurse practitioner, and I've been doing that for 29 years. Wow. The reason I became certified in diabetes, even though I had been taking care of diabetic patients, I moved um, to Alabama from Indiana. Mm-hmm. And what happened after I moved here and I started working in a family practice setting, I, I was working in a rural health clinic. Yes, ma'am. That's when I came like smack dab in the face of a lot of people with diabetes. I mean, there was a lot of people with diabetes. I was diagnosing a lot of people with diabetes. And it was like, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Now, was it because of the diet? Could you, pin, could you pinpoint any specific cause? Well, most of it is because of diet. Okay. Like I said, I was in a rural setting. I was in a rural setting, um, very low income. And we're talking a diverse um, ethnic people. Okay. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just um, people of color. It was um, Caucasians. I mean, very high rate of diabetes. And a lot of it was because of diet. Mm. So um, we had to, I I'd started doing a lot of research and uh, implementing a lot of different things, trying to help people and plus educate them. And that's the hardest part. You know, when you're talking about somebody who is, who has grown up eating certain ways and certain right. things. And then here you come along, you uppity person. <laughs> right? From up north. Uh-huh. Trying to come in and tell me that I have to change what I do. Mm. I've been doing this all my life. And I said, I'm sorry you've been doing it all your life, but right now it's killing you. Exactly. Now, before we go on, can you give us some examples of the types of foods that we eat? Because when... What we're not trying to do is single people out, but we do need to give them real examples. Okay, very good. Um, number one thing is to avoid processed foods. And what oh, I. Oh, Lord. That's everything, Miss Trinette. I know. <laughs> I know. But, you know, think about it. Okay, fast food, mm-hmm. you know, driving through McDonald's or Burger King or whatever your favorite one is, you know, that, that's processed food. Right. 
the burger and the fries. Now they have in um, and recently they have started implementing and started adding healthier options. Right. So you're not stuck with just a burger and fries. They have started adding salads and different things like that. But how many of us will choose the salad over the burger? Okay. Me. Uh, I don't eat meat. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, very good. But um, fried foods, and like I said, I'm here in the South. Right. Fried foods is a staple. I'm trying to fried, tell you. <laughs> fried chicken. And they said, well, I eat fish when I talk to them about the cholesterol. I eat fish. I said, how do you fix it? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> with some grits with a whole lot of butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fried foods and processed foods, those yeah. are two worst things. And the other thing is, okay, the typical breakfast, if people do eat breakfast, see, you have people who don't eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who do eat breakfast. But then I ask them, well, what do you eat? I eat, oh, I eat good. Grits and yeah. toast. Mm-hmm. Biscuits. A uh, whole lot of jelly. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of carbs. Yeah. And then uh, bacon or sausage, you know. And so it's, a lot of times it's very little protein, mm-hmm. high carbohydrate, and high fat. Mm-hmm. As the ideal breakfast would be more protein, complex carbohydrates, and healthy fats. Okay, I mean complex carbohydrates. We're talking about things that take a while for the body to break down, um, like whole grain bread. And I used to say 100% whole wheat bread, but there's been um, mixed studies about that. But right. the, the whole grains are better than the whole wheat or oatmeal. Right. That's what I was going to say. Some steel cut oats, Mm -hmm. steel cut oats, eggs. Mm -hmm. So at this time, are yolks good or bad? Because it seems like every other day it changes. Yolks are good. Yolks are good. Okay. Right now, yolks are in favor. Okay. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Okay. But I'm a yolk person too, so you know I like whole egg. And yes, exactly. To me, it gives it the gives it flavor. I I'll tolerate the whites, but give mm-hmm. me the yolk, I'll be able to eat all of it. Right. Well, see what happens with the yolk. A lot of times that they said the yolk fell out of fl- favor because it was high in cholesterol. Mm-hmm. I remember. But the thing is, eggs. Okay, think about it. They are they're God made. They're not man made. Right. And the thing is, the yolk contains the lecithin, which is needed to break down that cholesterol. So what's needed to break it down is already included. Oh, gotcha. See, you know, and that's a good explanation because I really didn't understand why. All I knew is that I was turning on the news one day and I'm not supposed to eat it. I turn it on in a few months and I'm supposed to eat it. So I'm, I'm thankful that you broke it down like that because I never right. would have thought of it like that. Yeah, everything that everything you need to break it down is already included in it. It's a complete package. And isn't that the way God does it? Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. Yes, ma'am. So anyhow, mm-hmm. that it got me, I started taking care of a lot of diabetic patients. And 
And I said, well, if I'm going to seem like this is going to be the, the number one disease I have to take care of besides high blood pressure and heart disease and chronic uh, lung disease, I need to know more about it. So that's when I started going to diabetes conferences and I decided to go ahead and sit for the certification. Right. And, um, and love it. I tell you it, and it's a very, it's changing a lot, but the sad thing is we still have a lot of people, um, Mm -hmm. 30 million people in the United States with type two diabetes Wow. There are 7 million people who are undiagnosed. There are 7 7 million people running around thinking they're fine and they have diabetes. Wow. And one in three people have prediabetes. Okay? uh That's how big the problem is. That's how serious it is. And, you know, for, let me um, do some uh, quick, a quick uh, teaching moment. For you. Absolutely. The floor is yours. Okay. Because I uh, want to let them know, you know, to set a platform. Okay. You have different types of diabetes. There's type one diabetes mm-hmm. is like a fast onset. We used to call it juvenile diabetes because oh. one children used to, that children got. And what happens there, the pancreas has completely failed. The pancreas is the organ in the body that makes insulin. Okay. And for some odd reason, and uh, type 1 diabetes is like an autoimmune condition. For some odd reason that the pancreas has been destroyed, the body has attacked it or a virus or something, and it's not functioning. So one diabetes, type 1 diabetics have to have insulin in order to survive. Okay. When they, I mean, out the, out the gate, they got to be put on insulin. There's no medicine that they, that they can take in order to help them. Okay. And um, then you have the type two diabetics type two. That's the most prominent. The, um, that's what the majority of people in the United States have. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you have gestational diabetes. That's the one that pregnant women get. Okay. They did not have diabetes previously, but because of the pregnancy, mm-hmm. they developed diabetes. Okay. So let me ask one question here, please. Mm-hmm. Is that when I was pregnant and I had to drink that nasty orange soda? To exactly. Taste syrup? Okay. Thank you. Exactly. Okay. That's all I needed to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> Because, and it has become a standard that every pregnant woman, when they're going to prenatal care, um, usually around the six month of pregnancy, they have to do the glucose tolerance test. That's great stuff that they they have to drink in order to see if there is gestational diabetes, okay? And if it is, then they have to be treated nine times out of 10 with insulin because what happens if they don't treat it and see insulin is the only thing that can cross over in order to help the baby. Oh, okay. And if they don't, what happens? You come out because you're at risk of having a big, large baby anyway, mm-hmm. but the insulin helps keep that weight down and plus help um, keep complications down. 
Now, the thing about gestational diabetes, those women are at risk of developing diabetes later on in life. Mm. If they if they had gestational diabetes, okay. Oh, see, I didn't know that. It, yeah, and you know, it wasn't explained. Um, it was just drink this, and then we're gonna check you. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. So yeah, well, I thank you all these years later. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there is um. There's another one. Well, there's diabetes insipidus, and that one, what that. It's, it's not really a, it is a diabetes, but it's the kind, it's the one where there is a lot, where the body puts out a lot of urine and, and it's affect, it's happening when, in the brain. Okay. Um, a, a hormone in the brain is not functioning as it should. So okay. I just mentioned that because sometimes, but it's not a, a diabetes that comes, that's very, um, that is common. Okay. But the one we deal with most of the time, the one that 90% of the people have is type two diabetes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and type two diabetes, excuse <clears throat> me, with that one, blood sugar has a tendency to be over 126. And well, there's lab work that, that, the, that's done in order to diagnose it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It can be treated with pills. It can be treated with a combination of pills and injections. Sometimes they have to go on insulin. It all depends on how bad the blood sugar is. But, and this one thing that I try to correct with people, because they say, well, I'm a type one now because they're on that, because they're on insulin. And I said, no, you're still a type two. It's just that you have to have insulin in order to help bring your blood sugar down. And then, now, pre-diabetes, <clears throat> excuse me, that one is the little sneaky one. It's like your blood sugar is too high to be normal, but it's not high enough to be classified as a diabetic. Okay. So with that one, uh, you really work with people to, um, to decrease their risk of developing diabetes. Now, what has happened, because like I said, one in three people have that. Wow. And the, um, as, the, it's so serious that the governor of Indiana had formed, he's formed a task force and he is putting money into the program in order for people, in order for the state uh, health department to identify these the people with pre-diabetes and really work with them to keep them from becoming um, diabetic because you think about it. Um, number because a lot of their healthcare dollars in Indiana is going toward treating people with pre-diabetes and with diabetes and its complications. Wow. And so it's a hit to their budget. Absolutely. So he wants to see what's causing it and try to prevent it. But the other thing is, and I did a talk a few weeks ago, and I was doing some studying and I thought about it because, well, like I said, I'm in Alabama and there is a program nationwide that's called Healthy People 2020. 
Mm -hmm. And what it looks at is the health of people in the United States. And there's several different diseases that they look at. They look at heart disease, blood pressure, um, pulmonary, which is COPD, and diabetes. Well, and I focused on the diabetes one. And the thing is, they have these benchmarks that you need to meet. Well, Alabama was below 90% of the benchmarks. And then they also had a tally. They did a study and they did the 10 highest of the 10 counties in the United States with the highest rate of diabetes. Well, six of those counties were, was in Alabama. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And the top 50, it was like, um, it was maybe like one, one third, maybe not that many, but there was quite a few counties included in the top 50. It was none, uh, none were under 16%. 16% of the population has diabetes. Wow. And I told him, I said, you know what? You know who else looks at these numbers? I said, yeah, the health department looks at them. Um, different. I said, but companies that's looking to build um, manufacturing plants or different companies looking to move to different areas, mm -hmm. they look at those numbers too. Oh, well, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah, because think about it. If you want to see what your potential workforce is going to, exactly. Wow. Would you want to locate somewhere where you're off the bat, you look at, you're going to be spending buku dollars on your health insurance plans. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. My mind is blown right now. Cause I'm like, oh gosh, that is exactly right. Exactly. Oh, wow. My, no, I'm like dead serious. My mind is truly blown because I, that prevents a company from moving and that prevents your city from doing well. And exactly. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's about much more than you. Exactly. It's about the health of the, oh. the health of the community. Oh my goodness. Yes. Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I really, that really makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, most all of the communities that are saying, oh, well, businesses are leaving and all this stuff. And now you're thinking, oh, it could be because of the health of the community. They're going somewhere else to set up shop. That can be part of it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, keep talking, girl, because I'm intrigued. <laughs> Well, you know, and that's something because, like I said, um, I had the whole time I've been in Alabama, I worked in rural areas up until um, about 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago. And everybody, you know, of course, everybody wants a job. Everybody would like a good job with benefits and everything. And they wonder why they wouldn't come here. And I said, hey, we got, I said, you need to get your health better. Right. You got to get your health better. You got to improve your schools. You have to improve. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be improved, but one person at a time, you got to, you got to take care of your health. And the thing is, okay, 
like, and you're very familiar with dialysis. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And there has been, you talking about a, an up, upswing in the number of dialysis clinics that are built. Yes, yes, yes. It is big business. And all along, we have a, a corridor that goes from north to south Alabama, 231. And every small town, there is a dialysis center. Oh, wow. And it used to be the people in the small towns had to go to the big city in order to get dialysis. But now, they, I mean, they got them right, right here. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. Yeah. And that's sad. It, it is because I live in a city and I promise you, I can't pass a main intersection without there being a dialysis center on the corner mm-hmm. or in a plaza or something like that. So we're saying every, you know, few hundred feet, there's another one. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And that's a big money maker, but also look at what the, the strain of it on the government, because when people start dialysis, they mm-hmm. are qualified for Medicare. Absolutely, they do. Yep. They are on Medicare the, the entire time that they're on dialysis. Wow. And then, you know, if they, if they get a, a kidney, if they get a transplant, mm-hmm. and the sad thing, I mean, it's just backwards to me. I, it, it baffles me. You'll have, they'll have a transplant. But then they won't pay for the anti-rejection medicine. Right. Now, that doesn't make any sense. It, it sure doesn't because we've mm-hmm. gone through it because we're two years post-transplant and we ran into that. And it's like, yeah, you got it for a little bit and now you're just left out in the wind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. But diabetes it uh, and you know kidney disease that's that's one of the complications that we try to prevent right okay and pre-diabetes like i said that's why with the pre-diabetes people think oh i'm just borderline you know it's not a problem but there uh, has been increased incidence of people with pre-diabetes having heart attacks and strokes oh wow even though they're not full-blown diabetics, mm-hmm. there's a condition called metabolic syndrome. That pre and they used to really talk about it, but it seems like now it's been swept under the rug, and they they have this blanket term pre-diabetes. But what it is really is metabolic syndrome, and that is what causes the serious complications. Okay, metabolic syndrome. Their blood sugar, like I said, is pre-diabetic range. But the other problem is the cholesterol, the blood pressure, the waist size, Mm. those those three things also take into account and their weight, obesity. So we look at, okay, their blood pressure is usually higher than normal. It's not significantly high, but it, you know, it's like greater than 130 over 80, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So because that's supposed to be the norm now. So it's greater than that. Okay, cholesterol. When you get your blood work, the cholesterol, um, people look at their total cholesterol, but that's not the most important number. The most important numbers we look at is bad cholesterol, the LDL, right. and cholesterol, the HDL. Mm -hmm. The LDL is higher than it's supposed to be. It's greater than 130. And the HDL, the good cholesterol, is too low. For men, we want it greater than 40. For women, greater than 50. Okay. And the purpose of the good cholesterol, if you ever remember the game of Miss Pac-Man? Yes, yes. Okay. That's what the good cholesterol does. The good cholesterol goes around and it gobbles up the bad cholesterol and escorts it to be excreted from the body. That's the okay. easiest way I can, you know. No, that makes sense. Explain it to people, okay? So you need enough of it in order to do the work. Mm -hmm. But when you're walking around with the HDL, which is a good cholesterol, when you're walking around with the HDL 20, 18, 29, you know, that's, that's entirely too low. So that puts you at risk of having an acute coronary episode, or in other words, you're at risk of developing a heart attack or a stroke. And how do we increase those numbers? Are, are certain foods or exercises? What what do we do? Exercise. Exercise, Ooh, exercise is the number one way to raise the good cholesterol. Well, I need to get on that. The pharmaceutical company has tried for years to come up with a medicine to raise up the good cholesterol, and it hasn't been successful. Okay. But exercise, aerobic activity, getting that heart rate up. For at least 30 minutes a day? Um, recommend 150 minutes per week. Okay. So however they can break it up. But, and I always recommend varying the exercise. You know, a lot of people say, well, I go walking. Most people's definition of walking is a stroll. Mm -hmm. It's enough in order to get the heart rate up. And then plus, just like everything else, you know, the more you do it, the more your body gets accustomed to it, and it's not as effective. So that's why you want to switch up the activities that you do. You know, like you may walk one day, or um, you may do like um, aerobic exercise another day, and then do strength training another day. You know, things, you know, vary it up in order to keep the muscles surprised, keep the body surprised, and it works better. Okay. Oh. Okay, so is that similar to the the high impact interval training that yes oh yes. that's popular okay got you yes okay. yes all right it's coming together see I, mm -hmm. thank you it's coming together I'm learning and I'm connecting dots I'm playing as Pac Man in my mind <laughs> <laughs> it's I love it I love it I love it yeah yeah but the the hit that high impact High the high interval intensity high inter high intensity interval training that's what it is that is very it is very effective and of course based on your fitness level you know don't try if you've been a if you've been a couch potato 
please don't try to go out and be a weekend warrior, okay? Because that's how you end up with tr- in trouble. Mm, okay. Institute it gradually. Work according to your fitness level. And um, it wouldn't hurt to get some professional advice. You know, make sure you get clearance from your provider, from your healthcare provider. Make sure that your body's in shape to do these things. Yes. And, um, and then get clearance. So like I said, that's the cholesterol. We need to address the blood pressure. And of course, if we address the exercise, that will help take care of the weight issue. Right. Okay. And then they uh, look at the waist, waist circumference or the waist size because the visceral fat, the stomach fat, the abdominal fat, that's the most dangerous that there is. I think I'm in trouble. That puts you at risk for everything. So, (laughs) well, when you exercise, that will help bring all of that down. Well, the good thing is I I did go and and sign back up for my gym membership because even before we, we, when we were talking, I was saying, um, I had just been putting so much into the work. And then all of a sudden I looked down and I see more stomach than I had a few months ago. Mm. So I stopped what I was doing right there and I went back and I signed up for my gym membership right then and there because I knew it can't be right. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad. Thank you for confirming that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so the, that's, uh, we're looking at the metabolic syndrome with those issues, but then the other key that we need to look at that will go across the board to all types that the diabetes, as far as working the body, making the body heal and, and correcting things. Mm -hmm. Sleep. Yes. Sleep is so underrated. People don't realize how important sleep is. They sure don't. And what aggravates my soul is when I see somebody online, the hashtag team, no sleep. And I just want to say, no, you dummy. You mm-hmm. need to go to sleep. That's why you even putting that up there. Right. Sleep is important. I, I don't know about y'all, but I need my, if, if I don't at least get six, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't act right. Mm-hmm. Y'all think I'm crazy on a regular day. Try me with no sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's how the body is healed. Right. When your body is able, when you go to sleep, when you get a good night's sleep, your body is able to restore itself. It mm-hmm. is able to heal some things. It is able to to re um, to reboot. Yes, you are able to get up and get started out fresh. Now, if you're having problems, say like you feel like you do not. Um, get a good night's sleep that you wake up just as tired as you did when you bed. And plus you have the weight issues and all these other things. You may need to get checked for um, sleep apnea or sleep disorder. Okay. Okay. Because um, that has happened. And when you have a sleep disorder, you're at higher risk of having heart attack and stroke. Um, Sleep disorder, that kind of prevents your blood sugar from being normal. 
So that's how important sleep is. Mm-mm. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So, all right. So that is why pre-diabetes, the, the focus of pre-diabetes is so important because it may look innocent on the outside. And I think that happened. They, they threw that term out there because it's innocent. Nobody gets excited about it. But right. syndrome, you need to get excited about it. And the only reason what I have witnessed it personally, like I said, I've been in practice for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I have, plus I recently retired. Woo-hoo. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So um, there was this lady that I was taking care of and she was, she, true metabolic syndrome. I mean, just everything at the cusp, everything at the, on the edge. So she came and the clinic I worked in, they, uh, we had a, if they didn't have an appointment with us, they could come in and be seen in the nurse clinic. And the nurse who was running that clinic came to me and she said, you know, this lady just came in and her mouth is twisted and I can't understand her. And she came in. I said, send her to the hospital. Right. Please. In a hurry. Mm-hmm. And she had had stroke. Wow. And she came back and she said, they told me I was a diabetic and I have to go to diabetes classes. And sure enough, looked at her blood sugar, and it was still in the pre-diabetic range. Wow. Mm-hmm. It never, it never went over. Mm. Yeah. This is no joke. Mm-mm. It's no joke. It is no joke. Wow. So let me ask you this then. Do you mm-hmm. have anything coming up? Like if, if people wanted to connect with you, do you have maybe a course or a workshop or, or something, or do you have it even in the planning stages that we could have something to look forward to? Yes, definitely. Okay. Good. Well, good, good. Um, okay. I do have a Facebook page, uh, which is totally about diabetes, but right now I am launching a, a group page, okay. a group page which will be, which is called small changes, big results, because that's the way you treat it. Small changes, which will yield big results. And it is a private group, but it's real easy. There's three little questions to add, to answer, and you will be admitted to the group. Okay. Because I want it to be a safe community Absolutely. where people feel free, where they can discuss, where they can, um, and there will be teaching involved, but at the same time, it's interactive. People can um, discuss with one another, which is good because something that somebody else did may help somebody else in the group. Absolutely. Okay. So that's what we have coming up. It should, um, I've started it already, but the, um, you know, how, to, how you have a soft opening. Yes. Yeah. I haven't had the grand opening yet, but anybody can ask about it and I will let them come in. Listen, I'm already on the page trying to answer my questions. Keep okay, going. <laughs> and, um, and then um, I am doing, getting a webinar together. Okay. 
order to talk about different things. Like today is get fit, don't sit day. Okay. That's today? That's today. Oh, man, I missed it. Yeah, get fit, don't sit. And what it is, you would get up three minutes and do some light activity every 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, so just stand up. You could walk in place or do some arm circles or do something for three minutes. And uh, then go back to your routine, which is a good idea to use anyway. Mm -hmm. Especially those of us who have uh, sedentary jobs who are sitting at the computer all day long or, you know, need to get up and move because uh, there was a study that showed that sitting too long of a time, too long without getting up is about equal to smoking. Oh, wow. Yeah. So got to get, got to get everything moving. Okay. Yes, ma'am. And for those of you who are listening, whenever you listen to it, that's going to be your day to do it too. Yeah, definitely. And that's something, it should be a habit that we mm-hmm. enter. Because, you know, now um, I went to Ikea a few, a few weeks ago, and they have the standing desk. Yes. Well, uh, you, can, you can crank it up and you can crank it down. So you can stand at it or you can sit at it. Right. And I was like, wow. I said, that's neat. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are the things that we, uh, we are doing, um, looking at what the biggest thing is to work with people and develop a plan with them, with their input. See, the, um, the 2018 recommendations from the American Diabetes Association emphasizes client-centered programs. Mm-hmm. And, and see, that's the way I... I formulated total about diabetes in the first place that is with the client in the center because I need to know what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your allergies? What what is your normal routine? Because we need to take all of that into account when we're formulating a plan. And this thing about diabetes and anything else. Okay. We have to do with the we have to deal with the behavioral issue, the mindset. You know, you have been living a certain way for quite a few years, and now somebody's coming along and tell you you got to change. You know, that's kind of tilt, tilt, tilt. That, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> he said, because this one man told me one time, he said, "You're trying to kill me." I oh said, no! <laughs> because he was one who would. He did not eat anything but sausage and grits for breakfast. Oh, wow. And he, he was big. And I told him, <laughs> I said, well, okay. I said, i tell you what. How about one or two days a week? Let's, do, let's switch up and do some Cheerios. Now, first, I said oatmeal. He said, I don't like oatmeal. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what about Cheerios? Because that's basically oats. And he said, oh. I don't know, but I'll I'll try it. Well, the next time he came back, he had lost weight. Okay. His blood pressure was better. And he looked at me and said, you know, those Cheerios ain't half bad. See? 
<laughs> and they come in different flavors now. So that's even better. Well, the different flavors may not be diabetes friendly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, and I've always believed it. Number one, see the problem and the people that I'm looking for, because I'm, I fill in the gap. That mm -hmm. I stand in the gap because do I want to replace your provider? No, 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 no. I want you to keep your, you keep whoever you see. You keep your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, whoever your primary care provider is, you need to keep them, okay? Because right. prescribe your medicine. But where I come in, I fill in the gap because how many times have you had time or have have they taken the time to sit down and explain to you everything? Not often. They run in and run out these days. Well, because medicine is a numbers game too. They need, yeah. in order to make the revenue, they got to see the people. So, I mean, yeah, they crank them in and crank them out. But that's not helping, that's not helping you, the patient. Right. So that's why, that's where I come in. Okay. I, okay. Will, I will take the time. And we will talk and it's a group setting and the, the, the beauty about it, you don't have to leave the comfort of your home. As long as you have internet service and a zoom platform, we are good to go. Okay. And I do 90% of my work virtually be, even though I've been doing quite a few speaking engagements lately, you okay. know, awesome. But, um, but it's in the comfort of your home. That's the beauty of it. And at the same time, it is reinforcement. Okay. Because what is it that you need? Do you need accountability? Do you mm -hmm. need to hold you accountable? Do you need um, ideas for meals? Because a lot of people don't cook. Right. And, um, so, you know, we, we have, we have come across, we have come, we have developed some things in order to, to address that issue too, you know, because, um, some people just don't cook, they, right. you know, come, but we have, we have come up with some techniques in order to, for you to help yourself that way too. And then, um, so like I say, accountability is the biggest uh, mindset change. That's what we just need to work on that. And that's something that you have to do with our help. You know, you have to make up in your mind, okay, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of going to the doctor and he telling me my blood sugar too high, but not telling me what to do about it. Or I go in and they add another medicine. I'm tired. I don't, yeah. I don't like taking pills. I sure don't want to take a shot. Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> you you have to do something in order right. to change. That's true. You have to be open to something. Yeah. So um, that's where we come in. And, um, and we have different um, tactics and strategies that we use in order to help. Okay. Okay, good. Now, do you do one-on-ones um, -on -ones as well, or is that something you'll be implementing? Uh, yes, if it's needed. Okay. Yeah. A case by case basis. 
case by case basis. Got you. Got you. I just want to make sure I ask all the questions because I don't want anybody to walk away from this episode or this conversation with any questions. And when they reach out to you either um, by joining your group or, you know, they'll know exactly what would be available. So just mm -hmm. know if you feel you need anything from Trinette that you're forward and upfront so she can know the best way to help you um, because we have to be respecters of each other's time. So exactly. that's all I really, I want for you, Trinette, because I, I want your time to be respected because you're doing some real serious work. I, like I said, you didn't blew my mind 10 or 20 times already in this short <laughs> conversation. So I'm loving it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. But um, what we can do is, and I have to set up the, the website, but I do have a, a calendar if people want to um, get, want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a calendar that I just set up. Okay. Um, where we can have a conversation, 15 minute conversation. Awesome. But I think, I think it's good. Just let them get in the group and mm -hmm. kind of see. So yeah. So that'll, that'll see be great. Like I said, I sent my, my answers to the question. So I'm waiting to find out what's going on. Okay. <laughs> and I got my, um, got my gym membership because I got this little extra, extra, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a spare tire just here. Maybe it's a bicycle tire. It's not really a tire tire. Okay. Okay. It's a little bicycle you were so thin. Listen, and I I have been working and working and working because I mean, being an entrepreneur, as I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. you just all of a sudden you sit down to, at your desk, and then ten or twelve hours fly by, and you don't even know what happened. So exactly, I've had I've had maybe um two or three months of that. But yeah. When I came home, it came with the understanding that out the box, I'm going to have to get up, mm. move. So yeah. I, I started a routine where I get up in the morning and um, I do stretching because this body has said, um, I'm stiff. So mm -hmm. you got to warm it up a little bit. Right. So I do a stretching routine in the morning and then I may go for a walk or I do weights or something later on. And then later on, I'll get up and do something else. And, you know, so at intervals. Right. And that, and that helps. But you see, and then what you said really just solidified it for me because you said you were so thin and, and you know, I took that for granted and I, I wasn't moving. Mm -hmm. So that's what got me into the trouble now because I'm, I'm definitely sure I'm overweight, but um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm around 170. Yeah, I'm about 170 and I'm 5'6". So I can do to get rid of about 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, But it'll, it'll come off quickly after you start working out. Right. Most yeah. definitely. But um, any any closing remarks that you have for the people? I mean, I just feel this whole this whole conversation, like I said, has been mind blowing. Has been so beneficial, and I'm so glad that we got this opportunity to talk because doctors don't explain it in in this depth. And I think you made it really easy to understand, and it, you made it easy for us to do something about it, especially with your community. So I, I look forward to participating there. So I'm so glad about that. 
Well, I am thankful for that too. But like I said, I just want to encourage people to let them know that what, if you've been diagnosed with diabetes, it is not a death sentence. It mm. is something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. It can be improved. We are here in order to, to work to undo the effects of diabetes, okay? In order to prevent any complications, in order to decrease any risk of chronic disease in your body. This is something that can be worked at. But like I said, if small changes, big results, and it's done one step at a time, but you cannot do it alone. Um, you, it, it just can't be done alone. And that's why the community is here in order to help. Okay. Awesome. That's wow. what we have. I'm so glad. And I'm going to have my mom sign up. My mom was actually diagnosed with diabetes and she does the insulin and she checks her sugar every morning and all that stuff. So I'm going to have her actually sign up too. I Listen, I have to have my brother go over there and help her because she won't find it for nothing in the world, but we okay. can get her together because I'm, and it's funny you say, I keep tell you, keep blowing my mind that diabetes is not a death sentence. The day she called me and told me that she was diagnosed because she had to go um, to her, her GP as well as her um, a nephrologist because it was messing with her kidneys right away. Wow. And um, I cried because I was like, I just went through this whole nephrologist dialysis thing with my husband. And now I'm going to have to go move home and take care of my mom because I, there was no way because I have um, two other siblings. I have two brothers, but they don't know anything about, you know, renal failure mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I'm going to have to move home. And I cried and I cried and I cried. I was like, oh, Lord, my mama, you know how dramatic people can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and but that's what happened. So I'm so glad. So she's been doing better. Actually, yeah. my son moved over there um, for school, so he's there to help her. So I'm, it, that was a blessing in and of itself. But he yeah. said, Mom, she don't listen. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So maybe she'll listen to you. Maybe we're too close. Uh-huh. listen to you. Well, hopefully that will be the case. So, but she does what she, she gardens and she walks and she does all of that. So she is active. It's just, um, he says she's just not eating well. So mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. have to get her together. Okay. But I thank you. you well, thank you. I thank you for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. You have been amazing. I, I love you. And please feel free to come back anytime to update us when there's some new developments or you launching anything. You are most welcome. My home is your home and we're always glad to have you. Well, thank you. And I tell you, you are doing a beautiful job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So y'all, thank you so much for listening to this episode and reach out to Trinette. I'm telling you, I don't see anything that could go wrong by reaching out to her and joining the group because you need to get ahead of the game. So if it doesn't affect you, it will affect someone in your life. And you just want to have that information on hand to be able to share with them because we are one big community and we all have to help each other the best we can. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Courageous Coaching Podcast. Feel free to call in with comments and questions anytime. The number is 786-749-TLAK. That's 786 
749-8255. Call us and let us know what is on your mind. Until we meet again, be courageous.